you can change the world. Learn from proven change makers from all walks of life. They'll show you how to raise money, invest for impact, and so much more. You can start small, start today, and never quit. You can change the world by strengthening your superpowers. Now, welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. I'm excited today. We have with us Mark Winkleman, who is a, an architect who has developed a project in, uh, what is it, Williamstown, Pennsylvania, Mark? Uh, it, this is going to be kind of a fun conversation. He's got this amazing project, so stick around. You don't want to miss it. Mark, what's the name of the town of the, where you have the pajama factory, of all things? Yes, we'll start with that. It's Williamsport. Williamsport. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. My son and daughter-in-law have been thinking about moving to Williamstown, Massachusetts, different place, but it got different me confused. Place. Williamsport, uh, Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And, and you and I kind of confirmed that this is maybe the official middle of nowhere <laughs> or maybe the middle of everything. I'm not sure which, what do you think? A little of both. It depends <laughs> on your perspective. The locals think they're in the middle of everything and I'm out here and it's, yeah, we're in the middle of nowhere, which I actually love because it means everything is here. It has to stand on its own. It's very exciting. <clears throat> yeah. And and um, you are uh, uh, launching a, uh, a crowdfunding campaign to, to continue some work on the project. But uh, before we jump into that conversation, I want to talk about the project itself. And you've got some great images on your website that I've pulled and I want to just show these here while we're chatting but tell us about the project well it's um, it's a it's an accumulation of eight industrial buildings uh, that that was originally produced in it started in the 1800s 1883 as they're like combing rubber company and um, they uh, they invented and made Ked sneakers here, um, but um, that was for about 15 years. And then, and then it rolled into uh, the the, uh, the depression, and they rented out space to various um, various uh, shoe companies, and um, you know, uh, Wendy's Wendy's pajamas. They 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 were uh, fabric companies, and and made they made garments, and Wendy's grew and eventually bought the building in 1950 or 52 and renovated it a little bit. And, um, and, and then they went out of business in the seventies. I think, um, uh, no one was wearing pajamas in the seventies. So that's probably why that happened. But anyway, it's a very large complex of 300,000 square feet in eight buildings surrounding a courtyard. And, um, we have been, um, renovating it in pieces for um, the, well, the creative class, if you will, um, for artists and uh, small businesses. And uh, we do this by dividing up the big floor plates into smaller spaces. And um, we've got 160 spaces rented now and built. We're 100% occupied. Um, uh, I don't know. Is there anything I'm missing here, Devin, that you'd like me to? <laughs> well, uh, tell us how you're using the space. It, it's interesting. You know, I think you've got some Airbnb suites, you've got some apartments, you've got some 
artistic space, some light manufacturing. Tell us about all the space. Yeah, we've got a little of everything, really. You started with the smallest of uh, smallest of things. Yeah, we have uh, we run two nice Airbnb units, and we use that to invite folks out and check it out. Um, and um, we have maybe a dozen folks living here uh, in. Well, some of them are just living in their studios, but otherwise we have, uh, I don't know, half a dozen apartments, but then we've got a hundred of other spaces and we have all kinds of businesses in them. Um, and then the ground floor, the ground floor is uh, more retail and we've got uh, event spaces. We've got the community wood shop, uh, the clay studio, um, a pasta maker, um, uh, a great coffee roaster and coffee shop. Um, uh, we've got a, a bicycle recycle shop. Uh, I don't know. The list goes on and on. We have a mosque. We have uh, uh, a selfie lounge. We have an art store. <laughs> it, it goes on and on. Well, it sounds like it's really a fun, fun project that you've been working on. Uh, but you, you mentioned, you, you described other people as locals. You don't think of yourself as a local. What, what is it that brought you to Williamsport and where, what's your background? How, how did you get there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, no, it's hard to become a local out here. I think it requires generations. Um, and, um, what brought me out here was the building. I, um, I was an architect for many years in New York. I started in Philip Johnson's office for a few years and um, then went off to Japan for a couple of years. And when I came back to New York, we uh, um, we started I started my own firm and found a partner and we ran we ran downtown group architects for, I don't know, 25 years. And then I I don't know, we kind of hit a glass ceiling. We, we I really wanted to build important projects and we just weren't going to do that. We were too small and too big a city. Uh, so I said, well, heck with it. I'll, uh, I'll try development. And I started to look at projects in New York and um, a buddy of mine introduced me to this thing, which is not in New York, but we bought the whole facility for next to nothing. So it seemed like a wonderful playground, a great sandbox for an architect to, to play in. We didn't really know what we wanted to do with it. And this was, you know, 15 years ago. Um, so we just started to rent up space and then um, build a community is really the most important part of our, our development. Well, as you've been working on this, uh, you, you've been at it for a while now. Uh, you, you're now raising capital on small change. Uh, it's a great crowdfunding site for social impact projects that are real estate related. What are you hoping to do with the capital that you're raising? What's, what's it for this time? Well, it is just part of our capital campaign. We've got um, a grant from the state. Um, we've got some money from uh, a bank. So this is a piece, I mean, at 300,000 square feet, Ultimately, it needs millions to restore the building. And uh, so we keep piecing away at it. What we hope to do in this next round is, um, uh, well, which we've started, um, we have to deal with some parking lots and heating and ventilating and air conditioning systems. And we need to do roofs. We, the, the, the difficulty we've had is that um, 
banks require cash flow and you you borrow against cash flow. But when you buy an empty building, you have no cash flow. And this is just this huge building in this small town and nobody could imagine how it would actually get filled up. Um, so uh, we need to we need to borrow money from outside the traditional sources to to build, to expand and allow the capital to grow. And what this has meant is that we've we've deferred um, longstanding maintenance and improvement issues and we need to take care of them now. We're we're it's pretty clear the project is going to be a complete success and now it's a half success. At least it's something. Yeah, you know, this is kind of a fun thing to think through. You're you're doing such great stuff and i imagine that this is a big enough project in williamsport to be something of an economic driver a bit of an economic engine are you beginning to see that impact as you look at the the artists the creatives the retail the 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 wood shop all the things that are going on in the in the building is that starting to have an impact on the community I think it is. Yeah, it, it, I'm certain it is, actually. I mean, we are, um, the, the pajama factory seems to be hugely appreciated by an awful lot of people. And, and it's, it's the young um, who generally leave town and they're finding excuses to stay here. And we have a number of tenants that have moved back to town um, because, I mean, maybe they have family here, but they've told me they've moved back because the pajama factory exists. Um, and they, they join the community. So it, it is certainly um, certainly working that way. And we've also, um, you know, we've, we've sent a few businesses downtown to the main street. Um, I don't know, six, I don't know, six or eight of them have started at the factory. And then, and then as they feel like they can, they, they, they move and try to get into the downtown environment. So I, I, that's very exciting to me. I, I don't I don't try to hold on to tenants. I try to see them grow. If they can grow in the building, that's great. If they outgrow the building in, in ways, that's even better. Um, we have a waiting list, so it's not a problem to keep that going. Wow, that's great. Uh, tell us a little bit about that waiting list. Who's who's trying to get into this space? Um, well, I, last week I had four requests for for residences and and three for studio spaces, and that was just last week. And we have no spaces available. We probably have a um, like a ten percent turnover in the year. So with one hundred and sixty spaces, we have one to two spaces that get vacated in a month. Um, I mean, we clearly need to make some more, and we have room. We have another two floors to build out. We could probably get another thirty or forty studios. And then we have plans for, um, we, we just can't accommodate all the people that want to live here. Um, so we have plans to build ultimately another 60 apartments, both um, inexpensive apartments for artists. And on the top floor, I'd like to make some really nice lofts. Wow, that'll be a, what a fun dynamic project to have. You know, the, the, I was just reading yesterday about the importance for really creating a successful community uh, and really in the long run a successful country is to have people interacting across economic situations so having people who have fancy lofts in the same building with people who are having uh, affordable apartments for their art uh, 
makes great sense. It's a it's really pro community, right? Well, yeah, we will see how it goes. I, one of the neat things about being in Williamsport and buying the building for almost nothing. I mean, we paid three dollars a square foot for it. Uh, it was a penny on the dollar compared to New York. Uh, is that is that we have lots of space that can go out in you know at the even at the end inexpensively. And um, I've also found that people in town have time. There's a low cost of living out here and they have time to spend and talk with you on a, over a cup of coffee at the coffee shop. It's, yeah. it's, it's lovely that way. <laughs> what a thing. What a thing. Well, um, we're here today with Mark Winkleman. He's the owner of the Pajama Factory in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. It's a, a remarkable project he is developing. And uh, we're going to take a short break now. But when we come back, uh, we'll talk to Mark about his superpower. So stick around. You don't want to miss this. Join us at SuperCrowd Baltimore to connect with community-focused business leaders and investors working to support diverse founders, social entrepreneurs, and community builders. Learn how to raise money from the crowd and how to invest like a pro. March 21st at the B&O Rail Museum. Register today at thesupercrowd.com. Hope to raise money from the impact crowd. Good investors are as interested in community, social or environmental impact as you. Connect with Funding Hope, an SEC-registered FINRA member crowdfunding portal to learn how to raise capital from the impact crowd. Scan the QR code now. Join us for SuperCrowd24 for two full days of wealth and impact-creating content at this virtual conference on April 17th and 18th. We'll have 100 speakers and live pitch sessions. Learn how to invest like a pro and raise money from the crowd. Save 50% with the discount code SUPERCROWD at thesupercrowd.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're here today with Mark Winkleman, the uh, founder and owner of the Pajama Factory in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And, and uh, it, it's a, he's an architect, a remarkable uh, community builder and we're just thrilled with the conversation we've been having. We're going to turn now to talk with him about his superpower. Uh, Mark, uh, you've been, you know, you've had just a, a stellar career. You've done so many cool things and, and I just love this project. Uh, you know, it's, it's beautiful in every way. Uh, it, it appeals to me on so many levels. I can see why you as an architect with that eye for beauty would, would be drawn to this project. And I love what you're doing with it. Um, what do you see as your superpower? I, I know you. Uh, this this is the point of the show, and I don't have a I don't have a, a hard answer for this, um, but I um, I I don't think anybody else could do what I'm doing here, and that's because of uh, um, certain skills that I've acquired and. They all come together. Um, one of them is architecture, of course, but I, I also worked on um, historic buildings in New York for a long time. I lived in a loft. I got to appreciate um, historic buildings, historic factory buildings specifically. So that's the first first piece. How do we how do we work with these things? And I've had a lot of experience with that because I moved into Lower Manhattan in the um, in the uh, in the eighties. Uh, and that was the beginning of the loft movement in many ways. So I've been around that for a long time. And I think the other thing is I, I really like people and, and I like to see, like to help them and see what they're about. Um, 
and, and introduce them to other folks, which is really community building. So the, the building becomes the, the crucible for, for all that to happen. Um, and I, I think it's those two, those two pieces. Well, no, there's a third. There's a third one, which um, I've, I've been a active, I've been an active ceramist. I'm a, I'm a craftsman. I love the crafts, which is a little different than the fine arts. Um, and, I, and I believe actually that um, architecture is, is first a craft, which is to make something, um, make something work. Um, and then there's the next level, which is to make it work beautifully. Um, and then if you keep going, you, then you enter the, the fine arts. But it, I, you have to start with the, the crafts, have to make things work. And, and I've always had an appreciation for that. And, and I like to get my hands dirty. I mean, I was, obviously, if I'm playing with clay and ceramics, that's true. But, so yeah. I think it's those combinations. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, I, it's, it's a fascinating combination, obviously training and skill and experience related to real estate and development and the, your, your experience, even living in a loft, you combine that with your uh, love of people, your ability to interact and connect people to one another. And then finally, this, this idea of being a craftsman. And, and I'd like to kind of drill down on that. Uh, and, and the reason is I've never had a guest that saw that as an element of their superpowers. And, and mm -hmm. I think it's brilliant. It's brilliant uh, to be thinking about what we do as a craft and certainly in as an architect it's more literally true as a working someone who works with ceramics it is literally true but i think there's also a metaphorical level do you see that metaphorical level being relevant i i kind of got that maybe from what you were saying is it am i on the wrong track or is there something there no i i i think you are i mean the the i mean i i I have not heard others talk about architecture being a craft the way I did. There, there are people that put up a building and, and their buildings. And then there are people that make art building, you know, make an art statement with buildings. I, I did not hear fellow architects talking about the craft of architecture so much. So, I mean, in a way, I'm pushing the, the ceramics idea into the world of architecture. Uh, I, I guess it goes a step further with community building, which has nothing to do with the physical. It has everything to do with people and interactions of people. And, and I, I, it takes care. You have to, have to, what is a craft? Craft is you're making something better than it needs to be. And, and, you know, to simply function. So if you do that with everything in life, I think, I think that's a wonderful thing. And I don't know, it seems like, I don't know that I'm really, I'm doing it better than I know how all the time. That doesn't mean it's great, but uh, I strive for that. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a fascinating idea here uh, because you're, you're talking about, at least in part, uh, this idea of taking something from the level of a skill and moving it in the direction of art with beauty as a goal mm -hmm. along the mm -hmm. way. And I think that's relevant for a lot of people. I mean, even people who are 
writing software code at some level, they want it to look beautiful. They want it to look professional. They want it to look good. Well, it's as you it, not only look right, it's it's work beautifully. It, it, yeah. So it yeah, it, it goes to all levels. Yeah. So if you were trying to think about how to coach someone else to be a better craftsperson, to, to, to be better, to push toward that level of fine art, how would you coach someone to develop that skill and ability? Well, I have, I mean, it's a good question, Devin. Uh, um, when I, when I'm working on architecture, I get a, I, I get a, a brief, you know, build a house. But then, and that's simple enough, you know, you put some bedrooms together and you make the thing work. But what I then do is proceed to take maybe that simple problem and make it complicated. Add in all these other aspects. Where's the sun come up? Where's the weather coming from? Um, how many how many guests come in how often how does how does this structure work and ideally work in so many different ways make a really complicated problem and then try to solve that problem and then maybe it's beautiful because it sort of works on so many levels um, so I do the same thing with with a with a piece of pottery or with a piece of clay is you know there's a coffee cup but how do you how do you make it something more than just a coffee cup? You have to set up some standards and goals. You need goals. I guess that's really where it's coming from is you need, you need to define some goals and then you have something to shoot for. And you want to set really high goals or difficult goals. You don't know whether they're high or low, but anyway, difficult goals. And that gets you past mere function. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I love your insights on this. It's really, uh, a new way of thinking for me, a new insight that I uh, am just uh, grateful to soak up. And I, uh, this is going to guide me. I know, uh, and I suspect others are going to be influenced by this, this idea of, uh, of moving toward art, getting better, getting more beautiful. That's, that's, that's profound stuff. So thank you very much for sharing that with us today. Before we wrap up, I wonder if you would take a minute and tell people how they can learn more about the Pajama Factory and how they can connect with you. I suspect people will want to talk to you, maybe come visit. Um, they're, obviously, people are going to want to invest in your crowdfunding campaign on Small Change. So give them some guidance on how to do all of those things, if you would. Well... Uh, yeah, I think it's simple. There's the website, our website, uh, pajamafactory.net, N-E-T. Um, and uh, you can reach out to me anytime at, at mark at pajamafactory.net. Uh, I love talking to people about the building, about how it works, how it doesn't work, what my challenges were, what the, what the, what the great moments were. Uh, so, so I, yeah, I invite anybody to say hi. Um, and um, and there is the small change. You'll find us right away if you if you go to small change, smallchange.co, I think it is. Um, mm -hmm. So these are all good places to start and look. And uh, we have connections. And yeah, come visit. Give me a call. Fantastic. Well, uh, Mark, I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us today. You've been uh, just a phenomenal guest, and we genuinely wish you every success. The work you're doing at community building. Uh, 
and, and real estate is so central, especially a big real estate project like this is so central to the economic vitality of a community. And it provides a, a venue for community building that's powerful. And so I congratulate you on that and wish you every success in, in the work that you're doing in Williamsport with your crowdfunding raise. And I would say that um, it, it's worth noting that we'll be having a, uh, a live pitch session for social entrepreneurs and diverse founders at SuperCrowd24. I invite you to apply for that. That application will open up in a few weeks. We'd love to see you qualify for that, uh, but we'll have a, a, a fantastic event where Eve, uh, the founder of Small Change, will be speaking at SuperCrowd24. Uh, so it's going to be a great two-day event, April 17th and 18th. And again, the pitch application will be coming up soon. And that's relevant not only to you, but to some in our audience who may be interested in in pitching as well. But I hope we'll, we'll see you at SuperCrowd24, Mark. It'd be great. But uh, again, let me reiterate, we wish you every success in the great work that you're doing. Thank you, Devin. Thanks for having me on. All righty. Now, let's do some good.